3: This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we have one of the best coaches in college basketball. For real, check what his team is ranked. Uh, My co-host, he also is living proof. He's a witness. Our guest is standing by. But first, Darlene, (laughs) let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three-in-transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former 3-and-D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm King McClure along with the great co-host Monica McNutt. Our guest this week is Scott Drew, the head coach of the Baylor Bears and also my former coach, the very hard, <laughs> ranked preseason number two in the college poll. And guess what? His birthday is Friday. Coach, this is a big one. Tell everybody how old you are turning.
2: And we're getting old, the big 50. <laughs> here we go. Ooh,
1: coach, are you nervous? <laughs>
2: Uh you you know we get a half court shot right and if we make it we all yeah. go out to eat so that that's always my nerves I'm trying to come through for the team all right <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mind you coach Drew only wants this shot to go in when he's shooting but when anybody <laughs> half shot. He is praying for them to miss.
2: <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I, I had to pray extra hard for you because you were pretty good from half-court. <laughs> so I would, make yes, sure, yes. I would make sure it was a real tough practice and King was wore out before we did that half-court shot for King. <laughs> that is, that's fantastic, Coach. I love
3: that. All right, we've got a bunch of great questions between King and our super producer, Bruce. But before we go there, I need to know off the top, because you brought it up. What was it like coaching this guy? Because anytime we have our former basketball teammates or coaches on, he always gives me the blues. So I need all the dirt.
2: <laughs> well, first of all, if if everybody coached more players like King McCord, there'd be a ton of coaches out there because he was a true blessing to coach. Always had a great attitude, always came to work and was a great teammate. Um, seriously, King was one of our all-time favorites and I uh, uh, can't speak uh, uh, more highly about him as a uh, person, a player, a teammate, a man. And um, love them to death. And uh, uh, I know it's a blessing for you guys to work with them too. So, uh, uh, by the way, I do have a question for you. What are you doing this Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. You know, I'm just <laughs> celebrating not quite the 5-0. I'm turning 31. But
3: shout-out to October birthdays, King, yourself, myself. Bruce, you're not in the club. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but my, answer, son,
0: my son turned 32 days ago.
3: Oh, okay, wow. there you go. it's a big big
0: So, so we're, we're, we're semi in the club, okay. There you go. That, uh, Carry
3: on. That answer, that answer on King did not give me the dirt that I needed, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we get into a little bit more trash talking because Jarrett was on the pod with us a while back, and I think they got a little bit into it, which I loved.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure, because Drew, let's start. I've never asked you this question personally, so I always wanted to ask you this. What made you want to take the job at Baylor knowing everything that was going on at the time.
2: Well, great question. Uh, uh, as you know, King, uh, um, uh, our program is based on uh, uh, our faith in our Lord and Savior. And biggest thing is, I prayed about it and I felt led to come here. So uh, when God says go, uh, uh, that's what we do. And uh, when we got here and realized how much work we had, we uh, then then had to talk to God some more. But <laughs> <laughs> but as you know, uh, uh, it's been a blessing being here. So many great players over the years. So many great relationships. Um, all three of my uh, children were born here and uh, uh, this has definitely been home and uh, again because of players like yourself it's been a special place
3: man coach that so what was i mean obviously we love a good faith-based a driven and led man but when you had that conversation with your dad or even your brother even yeah. your wife because you come yeah. from a coaching family and obviously basketball mm-hmm. is huge you love the game. Um, But it certainly was an uphill climb. I mean, what were Mm -hmm. the people in your circle asking you as you were um, moving toward making that decision?
2: Well, and, and that's – I'm blessed because I have a family that uh, uh, understands athletics. Uh, my dad's uh, uh, been in it all his life, actually inducted in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. And um, uh, my mentor, and, and not only my dad, but uh, someone that's helped me along the way and everything I've done basketball-wise. And then my brother has a great perspective uh, playing uh, uh, for us and, and playing six years in the league. And um, the one thing that uh, uh, we thought about was when my dad went to Valpo, they never had a winning record in uh, Division One, and at the time Digger Phelps was coaching Notre Dame, he's like, "You can't go there, Homer, because uh, nobody's going to win there. It's a dead end job." Um, and a lot of similarities uh, with Valpo and, and with Bay, both both um, uh, them Christian schools, both them um, family type atmospheres both of them not as much tradition and history and an opportunity to build something. And, um, that does appeal to players like, uh, uh King, he got to stay close to home. Uh, he got to build something that, uh, uh, one day his kids can see, uh, uh, the banners that he helped put up and what, uh, he helped accomplish at uh, Baylor university. And, uh, I, I love a challenge. I know our players have loved a challenge and, uh, um, that attitude has allowed us to be successful. So, um, uh, that in the agreement was Baylor probably at the time couldn't go much lower because it was at the bottom where it was at in the first year we had I think six or seven scholarship players so right. our, it was a walk-on dream because not only could you be on the team but you actually got to play so uh, <laughs> and, and that's not easy winning the Big 12 with walk-ons by the way just so you know so uh, uh, but but again what I love about it is my favorite favorite time and our coaching staff favorite time of the year is uh, minus the pandemic summer this summer um, is when everybody comes back in the summertime and uh, we call it vet week and uh, just seeing how the guys come back and how they teach the young people and like you said with King uh, uh, having fun with Jared I mean those are the relationships we love, just like King and Curtis Geralds and Tweedy Carter and all the people before King. Love that.
1: For sure so coach Drew you talked about your father shout out to Homer a great man <laughs> a great coach what did you learn from him to build Baylor up to the level that they're at right now?
2: Great question. And you and I are both blessed with great dads. Uh, Leroy is one of my all time favorite and a great, great man. And uh, um, with uh, uh, Valpo, the one thing we did was very similar to what we did here, and that is uh, not really get into the rankings as much as um, uh, who fits Baylor University, who, who, who af- athletically, but more importantly, work ethic, character wise, spiritually. Who, who are the people that are called to be a Baylor and um, people like yourself that uh, uh, wanted to come make a difference and um, be a part of a program like this. Uh, now, you were, you were highly touted and recruited by a lot of schools, but some of the guys that we've brought in haven't been in that situation. And uh, the big thing is uh, uh, guys that are going to put the team first and really sacrifice and work hard. And uh, that's why uh, um, you're successful, and that's why uh, the players we've had have been successful.
3: Um, okay, so now I need to know, coach, what was the pitch to bring King McClure to campus? Like and who wait like, King, who were like who were you like, final four?
1: Um, I think it was Baylor, Kansas, uh, UCLA and Arkansas. but I, coach you never knew this, but North Carolina called the week before I told I made my verbal to you personally. North Carolina called it was uh, Hubert Davis, said he's coming next week, and if they like me they're going to offer me on spot and you came in the right time because had I got that offer coach probably would have said yes <laughs> that was my dream school but he came down to Baylor Kansas really Baylor in Kansas honestly and then Arkansas I, I
3: was third from your perspective coach what was the pitch to this kid
2: well the, the biggest the biggest reason I think King came to Baylor is uh, um, uh, besides praying about it talking to his family he, he's he's a guy that's very loyal and uh, very family-oriented. And I think an opportunity to come to a school where his family could be a part of his college career, could see his games, Um, he could go back and forth. I mean, uh, he's a legend. They got, uh, what, buildings and gyms and things named after his family in the Metroplex. So, I mean, uh, uh, he's a guy that couldn't go far from home. And um, the good thing is he always has a place to call home here. And uh, um, I know we love when he comes back. uh, uh, So really being able to share his college experience with his Family, I think, was the number one uh, reason he came here. And then the 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 second thing is, I know King uh, uh, was able to build the high school and the program uh, uh, that he he was at with uh, AAA, and um, I mean, he wanted to do the same thing here.
3: And timing, because apparently you were just just in time.
1: Hey, man, at the perfect time, (laughs) Coach. You mentioned recruiting, okay? There has been a pandemic that everybody's aware of. How do you recruit in a pandemic? Give us the tips to how you do this.
2: Well, the great thing is modern technology, as you know. Now, uh, it, some of us uh, older coaches aren't as good with getting on, on <laughs> <laughs> online and whatnot. But the good thing is, once we're online, it's pretty easy. So uh, a lot of a lot of Facetime, a lot of Zoom calls, and at the end of the day. Uh, uh, everything is is equal. And what I mean by that is no one's taking official visits. No one's doing in-home visits. Everyone has the opportunity to get the same information. And very similar to why you chose Baylor University, a lot of uh, uh, other uh, colleges, student athletes in high school, they have reasons that they choose. Maybe it's playing time. Maybe it's close to home. Maybe it's their dream school. um, uh, Whatever, maybe they just connect with the coaching staff. Maybe they know the players there. I mean, those things don't change. The thing that changes is obviously they're not able to maybe get the official visit times or the in-home uh, home visits. But Zoom's actually a blessing too, because as you know, when you have those home visits, that takes a lot of time. And if a coach is going to travel that far, he feels like he needs to stay in the home. And sometimes I know uh, uh, parents are like, dang, these people are ever going to leave, you know? And the great thing with Zoom, 30 minutes, hey, we got to go. Hey, we got a bad connection or something. So uh, it makes it easy. There's no cleanup or anything. And, and, uh, anyway, there, there are some uh, advantages to it.
3: I, I feel you on that, Coach. I, it's been funny because I'm looking at my schedule like, wow, actually doing things from Zoom has allowed me in a way to do more because you're the travel time and you can be present, not in two places at once, but quicker than you could if you were traveling. Um, now, I know we're about to turn the page on this upcoming season. You guys are ranked top five nationally. But I'm just curious, what was the reconciliation is the word that keeps coming to my mm-hmm. mind. Last season, as the, the news was announced that the tournament would be canceled, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys were trending in the – well, it got a little tricky down mm-hmm. the stretch, but you guys were a very yeah. good team that we expected yeah. things from in the tournament. From a leadership standpoint, mm-hmm. how did you deal with that with your players and your, and your coaching staff?
2: Great, great question. So to start with, I think uh, um, we were really excited for the Big 12 tournament. From the standpoint down the stretch, we had had some injuries, and we were starting to get some people healthy. And we felt really confident and excited to go into that big 12 tournament because we've been in the championship game, I think three or four times and have lost. And, and so to put a banner up, have a chance to win that, that was one thing that would was very exciting. The second thing was we were projected to be a number one seed. So if we were going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, that's something that Baylor's never had uh, accomplished. And I know we were really excited about that opportunity. Uh, And, and what happened was, in a matter of 24 hours, you lose the Big 12 tournament, you lose the NCAA tournament. Um, but that's really uh, speaks to the character of our student-athletes, like uh, as King will tell you that last game you you, you play and I, I still remember King's last game I mean as a coach I don't want to stop coaching him I, I, I don't want him to leave and um, normally the people that in, invest the most in the program they don't want to leave and um, it's emotional and it's tough but uh, um, uh, Obim one of our uh, uh, seniors last year right at that when we were meeting said hey coach let's uh, let's just focus on the positives this year. And then he started talking about 23 straight wins, uh, five weeks ranked number one, which is the longer than anyone since uh, Kentucky in 2015. And um, it, it just shows you that, you uh, uh, um, Why we were successful is very similar to why we were successful when King was here, and that is uh, great, great student athletes that very optimistic and about the moment and uh, um, they wanted to celebrate to what they had accomplished best winning percentage in school history, in fact.
1: Hey, you're muted.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. I I didn't realize that you guys. Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> I, I did. The, look, the dogs were barking. I had to like tone it down. But anyway, oh, the winning shit. percentage. That, I didn't realize that you guys accomplished that. That's awesome.
1: So, Coach Drew, let's well, well, talk well, a little bit about the team. What kind of
2: dogs got over
3: there? What kind um, of dogs you got? we have a a Chow and a Collie mix, and then there's like this little mutt running around. I go with a Shepherd Terrier mix, but a mutt is fine. She's just noisy. Oh. <laughs> All right.
1: So, <laughs> Coach Drew, let's get into the team a little bit. Jared Butler, preseason All-American, was All-American last year. What makes him so special?
2: Well, Jared is, uh, uh, has a lot of qualities you do, King, and that is uh, he's a great teammate. He really cares about his, his teammates, and um, whenever you have a player that, that cares about the team, he's going to give a little bit more. Um, offensively, he can score in bunches, um, but at the same time, he can really pass the ball. He's very tough to keep in 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 front of him, uh, in front of you, and uh, because of that, the penetration he gets uh, creates opportunities for his teammates. Defensively, he's improved and. Uh, um, i know that's an area that that uh every day going against our guards in practice uh you have to be on point or you you get embarrassed so uh iron sharpens iron and uh, uh that's a, that's that's a good thing there um the other thing is uh, he listens and he wants to be coached he wants to improve uh he listens to uh uh our vets he listens to our coaching staff and at the end of the day i mean um Everybody, uh, uh, LeBron James, the best player uh, uh, on the planet, he listens to coaches, and that's why each and every year he seems to get better. Um, He tries to find areas to work on and improve on, and uh, that's a credit to him, and Jared has some of that in him.
1: Mm. So we have two new guys, really a lot of new guys, but two impact new guys who will be able to make an immediate change Mm -hmm. for the program. Adam Flagler and JTT, let's give fans a little insight on what they will bring to the table.
2: Well, the, in 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 last year we were blessed because you had uh, two guys that sat out as transfers, and then we had a third, uh, uh, Jordan Turner, who redshirted. So you have three players oh, yeah. that have really been Jordan. in the program. Yeah, but they've been in the program, which gives them an yeah. advantage over anybody that's a freshman because especially freshmen this year are going to have a tough not having the summertime to play against the vets and to get acclimated to the strength and conditioning, the offense, the defense. So that puts them all a little bit behind. But uh, uh, to start with Adam Flagler, he's somebody that's uh, very similar to King. He can get buckets in, in a variety of ways. He's got, uh, uh, obviously, a three-point shot. He's got a mid-range game. He's got a float game. Uh, he's bigger physical for a guard, so he can take some contact. And defensively, he's very good um so uh, uh uh he wants to be a pediatrician uh, after he's done playing and somebody that uh, uh very well balanced uh, uh spiritually academically character wise and, and and as a, uh, a team leader and uh john uh jtt uh, uh, jonathan chuchukwu somebody that uh, we call him everyday john because uh, uh every day he's the exact same He's in the gym. He's working out. He's getting better. Very similar to Freddie Gillespie. And when Freddie was here, uh, King will tell you when he first got here, people were like, I don't know if he's <laughs> if he's ever going to be able to play for us, you know. And um, you, when you work out three times a day and you just uh, uh, go 100 percent, you don't you don't get embarrassed by making mistakes and not being uh, as, as efficient. But you keep pushing forward. You get better. And John has really, really improved, uh, uh, very similar to Freddie. And I think uh, um, people will see uh, it's not the same guy that that averaged three points a game at uh, UNLV. Um, so uh, those, those two guys uh, uh, have been at college programs before uh, and transferred in. Jordan redshirted, and he's somebody uh, skilled who uh, can shoot the three, put it down. And uh, those wings that they can guard one through four, uh, they're very valuable in college and in the NBA and all three of them outstanding young men and uh, uh, really excited uh, to coach him this year Hmm.
1: Tristan Clark (laughs) is somebody who had a huge impact especially my senior year he came Mm -hmm. out killing Mm -hmm. got hurt last year kind of sort of struggled a little bit to get back into the groove of things how is he looking right now
2: well, Tristan uh, has really done a great job in losing weight, uh, um, and that's so important coming off a, a, a knee injury. From the standpoint, the lighter you are, the less wear and tear and and, and pressure you're putting on on the knee. And uh, he's at two thirty five or so, and he hadn't been that that small since he was in high school, or that thin since he was in high school. So it's a young Tristan Clark right now, but uh, uh, um, excited to see uh, uh, what he's. Able to do this year, and as you know, King, uh, I mean, it's really hard when you're somebody that uh, uh, was, I mean, before his injury was not only an all league player, somebody possibly an NBA uh, draft pick. To all of a sudden, kind of starting at scratch again, um, and and that that it's, it's so much tougher for uh, athletes today to recover from the standpoint, as you know, King, similar to you with your heart. It takes time to recover, and then people on social media might not understand that and they're like, Hey, we're used to King dropping 50. Why didn't he drop in And I mean, when you go from uh, 60 miles an hour to zero, it takes time to get back to 60. And, uh, I mean, uh, same thing with Tristan, it's taking time for him to re- recover. And hopefully, uh, he's able to have a, a, a great year.
0: Coach, this is, uh, this is Bruce. This, Oh, I'm sorry, King. go ahead. Oh, no, you good. You're good. You're going. Okay. Bruce. Right. Okay. Coach, um, I want to take you back in time six years ago. In my previous life, before I started working with King and Monica, I was at ESPN, and one of my jobs was on draft night. I was in charge of the commissioner backstage. So I would be sending David Stern out or Adam Silver. But in 2014, one of your players, Isaiah Austin, was headed Mm -hmm. for an NBA career when he was diagnosed with Marfan syndrome. And I was working with Adam that night on the draft, and I remember the league drafted Isaiah Austin Mm -hmm. because it was his dream to be selected. I remember the ovation he received as well as all the emotions and the tears of joy from many in the crowd. What do you remember about that night? And what do you remember about Isaiah?
2: Well, uh, I was one of those guys that had tears of joy too. And I thought it was just so class of uh, Adam and uh, the NBA to acknowledge Isaiah isaiah and bring his family out there and i mean uh they really uh uh rolled out the red carpet and treated him uh uh exceptionally well that night and um and that 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 draft weekend so uh thank you for uh being a part of that and uh, again we can't thank adam silver enough for what what he was able to do to help with isaiah and it was a uh a I don't know if anyone watching the draft, uh, if you didn't have a tear in your eye, then uh, you probably have to get your emotions checked, but it was definitely a, a great moment. And by the way, uh, uh, Isaiah has since been queered by his doctors and some leagues uh, have queered him. Some leagues haven't, but he's been playing uh, uh, overseas and uh, playing in the TBT and uh, doing a great job. And, uh, Uh, just loves basketball and uh, uh, hopefully uh, more and more uh, countries can clear ways for him to play and uh, couldn't be more proud of him. He he was able to finish his degree and graduate, and uh, that's something that uh, uh, as a coach, uh, um, our job is that uh, players have great experiences, but when they leave, you really want them to have that degree because you know what doors it will open for the next 60 years of their life. And really proud of Isaiah for getting that. And uh, I, I really have one question left, and that is for fans out there, I don't know, your the Baylor hat you have is outstanding, the one that King has, uh, the Sailor Bear is really good. So, I mean, we got some best-dressed men right now. So this is, we, we got a competition going on. <laughs> There's
0: no competition. There's no competition at all. There's only one King. The rest of us are just serfs.
2: <laughs> and, and King was always the best dressed when he was at Baylor now. He, he, he didn't have any bad outfit dates.
3: Uh, King is very much into his his appeal, his fashion wheel. <laughs>
2: Sorry, <laughs> that.
3: Um, uh, Coach, I do want to ask you this, though, because you are going uh, rapidly approaching 20 years at Baylor. Um, you're 18, correct? 18, yes. Um, there's always this conversation about how much athletes have changed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and To me, winning still is at the heart of all this and connecting mm-hmm. and relationships. But you've seen your share of players, I guess 18, mm-hmm. you're right in that mix of what they would consider a generation changing. Um, how much has your experience with the student athlete changed versus is it just technology or are kids literally different? Like, what do
2: you say to all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff? I think i think uh similar in this fashion and that is uh, um everybody would rather be complimented than yelled at. everybody mm. would re- rather be cherished than uh, uh um uh looked gotcha. down upon or yeah uh persecuted and, and and at the end of the day uh um i mean we all we all love to 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 be loved and we love to love i mean uh christmas time every parent when you give gifts to your kids I mean that's that 's more exciting than receiving gifts, and so I think uh, that part hasn 't changed and what I mean by that is uh, um, I think uh, people are people now, what I do think has changed is um, it, it, it is so much tougher for student athletes nowadays. Um, after a game's over, um, 18 years ago, players didn't have to worry about uh, 400 uh, uh, Twitter messages and, and everybody on social media saying, you made this mistake or you did this wrong or you missed that free throw and you just cost me X amount of dollars because we didn't cover. And I mean, like you're, you're sitting here for the first time. is like one of our players a year ago showed me um, he missed a free throw and that would have covered the spray. he didn't even know what cover meant but he was it was basically like he's getting threatened and he's like I mean, we just won a game there's a big rivalry win and we're on the bus instead of celebrating it's like i'm getting blown up here on on twitter because i, I missed a free throw and, and we're up 10 and it's two seconds left or something and i mean i i just feel for young kids with the pressure they have to deal with and i think That's why there's been so much made of uh, uh, um, uh, mental illness nowadays and just the anxiety and the depression. I mean, it it, it used to be, again, your your team would give you the, the positive or negative reinforcement. It wasn't the world. And I mean, it seems like everything today—it's the best ever or the worst ever. There's nothing in between, you know. It—it—it's it, it, the best game or the worst game. And and again, it, my heart just goes out to the kids nowadays and the pressures and the anxieties they have to deal with because it, it, it used to not be like that. And it was their families, it was their team, and it's a lot easier to to to, to play for just them rather than everybody else out there that has their own agendas. That's
3: a great point.
1: Mm-hmm. So how, how do you combat that as a coach, like knowing that your players are going to go through all this social pressure and social anxiety? What what do you do as a coach to combat that?
2: That's a, that's a great question, King, because, I mean, uh, uh, at the same time, it, it, trying to say, hey, let's not have. When social media first came out, several programs and coaches had policies where no social media during season, and if you weren 't on there, maybe you weren 't reading as much stuff positive or negative about you or the team um, uh, since that time I mean, as you know king uh, people people lose their car keys, but they 're not losing their phone so <laughs> you 're not becoming detached from your phone so the big thing is uh, uh, just uh, uh, hopefully reinforcing constantly uh, uh, whose voice you 're listening to and which ones matter and which ones care about you and then if the more schools have done a great job, especially uh, uh, schools in the power five with hiring people to help with uh, anxiety, depression, uh, this uh, uh, mental health part of things, um, because that that's an area that is real. And um, again, as a, as a, as a coach, um, something that you just uh, uh, feel for young people and like like me, for instance. After a big win, I'm not reading social media because that's not good for me to hear. And after a bad loss, it's definitely not good for me to hear. So I'm, I personally don't, don't, don't do as much during season just because uh, I want to focus on hearing the voices of our team, our staff, uh, rather than the outside world that has their own agendas and thoughts for what is important for our team and who should play and who should get shots and whatnot.
3: Great point. Bruce, you got another
0: one? Uh, Well, one thing I was, you know, curious about, you know, for many years, the Big Dog and the Big 12 has been Kansas, but now, you know, Baylor's reached a level of parity with the Jayhawks, and you've even exceeded them on many occasions, and I know there's some other Big 12 teams in the state of Texas, so is there one team that Baylor considers its number
2: one rival at this point? Uh, that that's a, a great question um uh as well and, and king i'm going to i'm going to ask you that one and then i'll go ahead and give you my thoughts so king who would you say is our our, our biggest rival or mm. which game excited you the most
1: so normally it was like Baylor Texas but not even trying to start problems but Texas really doesn't beat us like that so <laughs> And when we go to their, their arena, it's not really sold out. I'm not trying to talk bad because I love Shaka smart, but it's not really sold out. So I wouldn't consider that a rivalry game. Um, I guess you could say TCU, but like mm-hmm. also like you said, or like I just said, TCU, they haven't really beat us, beat us enough. You know, we think rivalry game is like, it can go either way, but it's almost like, I mean, the past few years, I guess, they, they beat us a few times, but I guess TCU because we're both private schools smaller uh, than a lot of schools in our conference so t- t- TCU probably what
2: what 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 I what I'll say with that is in the Big 12 it's really really hard to have one and from the standpoint i think TCU and our football teams King were, uh, what was it, that yeah. one year was like 59 to 55 or something. And all of a sudden, yeah. all our fans were so excited when we played TCU and anything. Um, but I, I think because you have several schools close, Texas, uh, uh, TCU, I mean, you have Texas Tech in the state. Um, but I think with the Big 12, that's why, not dodging the question, but that's why six out of the last seven years, the Big 12 has been ranked the number one. Conference in the country, RPI-wise, that's why I think Joe Linardi at some point this summer had five of the top 12 teams on Bracketology in the Big 12, and I mean, every game is a good game, and top to bottom, that's why the Big 12 is is ranked number one, it's because there are no bad games, there are no bad teams, and every night you have to bring it. Where so many other leagues, there's one game, there's one team, there's one rivalry that just is head and shoulders above everybody else. And, I mean, if we're playing West Virginia, we, we better bring it or we're in trouble. We play in Oklahoma, we better bring it or we're in trouble. We play Oklahoma State, Kansas State, it doesn't matter. Everybody's got a great program, <laughs> great history, and, and so many talented players. This year, just look at our first five games, talking about playing a, 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 a tough schedule. Arizona State, Villanova, and Boston College are all in the same tournament. So let's say we play two of those teams. If you play Arizona State or Villanova, that's two top 25 teams, and Villanova's, what, top three? Um, Then you go to Seton Hall, and then from there you go to Orlando, which I think will be Illinois, and then you go to Indianapolis and play Gonzaga. So if you look at Andy Katz's – Four number one seeds, projections-wise, right now it's it's Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, and Illinois. We would play three of those possibly in the first five games, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, every night uh, 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 we're trying to we're trying to uh, play against the best and get ourselves ready for that Big Twelve because again. The Big 12 every night uh, uh, is is a grind, and you have to bring it. And that's why it was so special winning 23 games in a row last year. And Again, I think uh, our vets are deserve so much credit for that because they have such an impact on our current team. I mean, King will tell you he's talking to our guys during the year, and he's making sure that, that they're staying level-headed and understand uh, uh, the pitfalls and traps that they might run into.
3: Man. Wow, coach. That, that was a great answer. I was going to poke fun at you for actually dodging the rivalry question, but that was such a comprehensive answer. I feel smarter for having had it. But as you're talking, I'm not going to lie, I, I hope that everything goes according to plan. King yeah. and I, our job literally is these games get going according yeah. to plan. But we're living in a 2020 coach that is unlike mm. a year we've ever seen. And we've seen football have to postpone and rearrange mm. schedules because of COVID. Um, I guess the question isn't how confident are you because I know that you're going to do what you need to do to protect your guys and your program but how are you dealing with some of the uncertainty that is just par for the course in 2020?
2: Well I can tell you that every coach gets the most nervous or anxiety over the next day or that day when they get their COVID test results for the team mm, because mm-hmm. if, if everybody's good you're practicing that week. If right. it's not good you're probably off for two weeks so uh that's the number one anxiety right now as far as uh the second thing i think uh uh what's great is we're all praying for a vaccine soon and and treatments keep improving and testing keeps improving so hopefully again by the time you get to november 25th and you get to december january february um uh that that we're in a position that's different than football uh, because of uh, uh new advances in medicine love that so I agree with you because I got, I got a job I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and you know, you really feel for student athletes. I mean, look at college last year. First of all, the best part of the season got cut out. And then this year it gets pushed back. I mean, for, for, for guys that are in college four years, that's two of the years that they're in yeah. there that are impacted and, um I mean like King you you didn't have to worry about are we gonna play a full season are we gonna be able to practice you know um I mean those are just added stresses that 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 make it tough yeah
3: yeah um coach we're gonna get you out of here soon but I this is how King do you have one more because I'm gonna do the buckets boards and blocks finish if you you got it okay so coach the podcast is obviously called buckets boards and blocks and so I think I'm going to I'm going to let this be open to your entire 18 years at Baylor so far, Um, especially since it's your birthday. So I need a bucket from your time at Baylor, which is the A plus plus thing that you have loved that stands as a highlight of your career. Give me more of those or you can give me a board, which is something that maybe at first glance didn't look so great, but it had a redeeming quality like a good rebound. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a block just something that you don't want to see anything more any more of get that thing out of here so I'm, I'm gonna leave your window to your time at baylor i'm gonna go wherever you like coach
2: a bucket board or a block well i'd love to go a uh, buckets because i got so many of them but i'm gonna go with the board <laughs> okay. because we all know in life um uh you got to overcome adversity and uh uh I think King McCoy is a great example for all young people out there where highly touted in high school, worked his, his whole life to get to the position to be successful in college, gets to college, finds, about, finds out about a heart condition. And so many people at that time could have uh, um, shut down, uh, could have a woe-is-me attitude. And uh, um, his parents, himself, they're fighters. And uh, uh, to see him uh, persevere, and come back from uh, uh, that diagnosis and be able to uh, not only be successful in, in in college, but to be such an inspiration for many uh, uh, people out there that are going through similar challenges. And it might be a heart condition, it might be uh, a knee injury, whatever it is, I remember it, Iowa State before uh, um, one of our games, a family asked to come in and talk. And uh, normally we don't let anyone on the road come in, but uh, um, they drove I think like four or five hours or something because their daughter was so inspired by King's journey because she had a heart condition similar um, to his and because of – King's uh, uh, example, she was able to overcome, and the and the family was over, able to overcome, and their daughter's able to play sports and be successful, and and do what she loves to do. And I mean, they were in tears. Our team was in tears, and um, to see that King had an impact on people that no one even knows. I mean, you're in the middle of Iowa, and this is a a a. a, 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 a a country family from some town you never heard of in Iowa, I believe, and just uh, uh, to see the impact that uh, you can have. And I know King has been uh, a great inspiration to so many. So uh, very proud of him and proud of the people he's been able to uh, touch.
3: Oh, man, that was a great board. Oh, no, King, I'm so proud of you.
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach.
2: Well, you, you deserve it, King. Deserve it
3: coach well thank you so much for your time and joining us today this is a fantastic conversation we certainly wish you well this season that it will be completed safely and successfully and all that good stuff
2: well you guys do a great job and i look forward to following your careers and, and seeing how you progress because you're both going to be outstanding and successful and bruce keep leading them i know you got that experience under your belt
3: that was dope
1: hey now it's the segment that you have all been waiting for this week on who's tripping i'm gonna let um my fantastic colleague ladies first
3: okay so i don't have an official who's tripping this week i'm going to allow myself to believe that no one in this world is tripping which i know is a farce but i want to take this time to acknowledge kristen walker who will moderate the next presidential debate and the decision that just made me so happy that they will cut mics, a.k.a. in my mind, a mute button when either candidate goes over their time. The moderators have been getting crushed, um, but I think it's not their fault. I think people can't appreciate how difficult it is to do their job. But now that Walker has the problem to end the audio, this this is a game changer. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited.
1: I agree with you. Um, if you watched the first debate, it was kind of reminded me of... Um, locker room talk and how (laughs) we have a debate over who's better michael or kobe and one person screaming at the other person the other person's yelling and it's just a, a battle of who can get louder and who can talk over the other and who can make their point heard more so that's not how a debate should go especially not a presidential debate However, this mute button thing should be interesting because it will be funny when one of them start talking <laughs> and try to go over it and, and then you can't hear them but you can see their mouths moving. So that will <laughs> be funny.
3: This is going to be entertaining. I can't wait. I'm ready, I'm def- I'm ready to. Let's go. <laughs> All right, folks. It's time to wrap this episode of BBB Pod Up. First, we got to give a big thank you and shout out to Baylor head coach, Scott Drew, for coming on, spending some time with us, being so candid, giving us great King stories that gave us all the feels. (laughs) Just love it. So proud of you. Um, Also, big shout out and thanks to our super producer and co-host, Bruce Bernstein, our outstanding editor, Tom Phillips. Guys, don't forget our other shows. The Mike Wise Show drops in each Monday with a new show. His guest next week is Lakers owner Jeannie Buss, and she is always a fun visitor. Oh my gosh, she's got some new hardware to show off. I'm sure it's going to be great. Full Court Press with John Fanta is here on Tuesdays talking college hoops. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron have a brand new show each Wednesday. And Bruce actually got more co host reps as he filled in for Otto this week as they talked Houston Rockets with Kelly Eco of The Athletic. Mm, Some people are proposing that the Rockets bust it all up, but I can't wait to listen to that one. BJ and Eric have the Pure Hoops podcast every Friday, and I'm back with King next Thursday for a new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing.
1: Okay, I feel like I say this every week, and I feel like I continuously repeat myself because this is necessary covid is still here people and it's not just still here it is rising it is getting worse in a lot of states so we must as a as a society just take this seriously and i feel like i'm just preaching to the choir because nobody's listening because people are still going to the clubs they're still i went to a court yesterday i was not playing i went there to a park and there was a court out there and there were. I kid you not, 50 people playing basketball, no masks. Listen, that's not what we're supposed to do, everybody. So please take COVID serious, wear a mask, because if not, it won't only just protect you, but it will protect somebody else. But not just that, remember the social justice issues that we are facing in our country. If you want to make a change, go vote. Go to the poll, no matter how long you have to stand in line, wait your turn and do your civil duty and go vote if you really wanna see a change in this country. And do not forget, if you like Buckets, Boards & Blocks, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and until we meet again, Monica, go for it.
3: Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards & Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.